Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and news from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? It's going good. Uh, had some barbecue this week, Amy, at a gun range. Oh, well, okay. Tell, tell me about that. Well, we went to uh, Memphis this week and I had barbecue and the barbecue joint was inside a gun range. It was very nice, very classy joint, but it was phenomenal. But you got to go to Memphis. You got to eat barbecue. I mean, that that's the rule. Right. right? But typically, okay. I, like I'm a big fan of the rendezvous. Well, I didn't have time for that. And they okay. weren't open at the time that we needed to eat. We needed to eat an early dinner. Right. And I don't think they were open. And we didn't have time to go all the way into Memphis and all the way back out. So here we are. But it was fantastic. I had some delicious ribs in Memphis. And I'm happy as a result. Well, good. That's fantastic. Yeah. How about you? You didn't have ribs in Memphis, did you? No, I didn't. But, uh, you know, we've just got a busy week happening around here. School, Kids with school, puppy, all that kind of stuff. It's Yeah, just... after six months of slowdown, it's yeah. like everything is cranked back up. I've got kids doing soccer and flag football and school and church and work and yeah. all this. I, I literally have kids at work or kid, I guess. So, I mean, it's just like, what happened to the six months of slowdown and the three months of, you know, stay at home it's stuff? Over. Yeah. It's over. It's Back over. Back to normal, kind of, sort of. Well, at least, at depending least on where you are. the pace is picking up again. And so, yes. But I will say the, the biggest concern in the Whitfield house right now really is uh, I became an issue I just learned about today is that the puppy has figured out how to squeeze through the bars of the fence. So oh, that's my new. That's not good. Nope. So that's well, my. Well, just think. Yeah. Sooner or later, he'll be too big to squeeze. So you, that, I mean, right. that problem will solve itself. Right. Right. I just, yeah, I just got to watch him like a hawk whenever we're outside. So You know what you also need to watch, Amy? What? Where you step in your kitchen. Yeah. That was, that, that, that was another issue that happened last night, and I was not happy. So we're working on a lot of things with the puppy, teaching him where he needs to go, and watching the ground that we walk on as we go through the house. So yes. that's, uh, that's the theme of my week, day, end of the week, as I come yeah. into this. That wasn't shifting sand last night that Correct. you were stepping in. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Amy, it's September the 18th. We are 13 days away from annual meeting housing registration open. That's right. And we have a theme for the annual meeting. We do indeed. The theme is we are Great Commission Baptists. It's a very declarative theme. It is. It is. It's like a. It's a sentence. Yes. Yeah. It's a full. It's a full sentence. And so President J.D. Greer announced this on Monday of this week, September fourteenth. He said the theme is designed to encourage Southern Baptists to show how we should treat each other, and what we should be known for. Um, and this is also connecting to a broader conversation. All right. So, if you remember, in two thousand twelve, I do. The messengers meeting in New Orleans at that time approved an unofficial descriptor that churches could use if they desired, and it was Great Commission Baptists, okay? So we've had a little conversation around uh, different areas of the convention of some people who've decided that 
they're ready to do that. So yeah. this isn't, it's not any new official motion, anything like that. They're acting on something that happened eight years ago. Um, but that conversation has been happening. And J.D. Greer said that his church, the summit, will use that descriptor. And then he wanted, and then he wanted to use this for the annual meeting theme. So, yeah. So here we are. And and we have mentions, you, you mentioned that the other pastors are doing that. Marshall Blaylock, probably one of the ones that leading the charge on this. Pastor at First Baptist Charleston, South Carolina, the oldest Baptist church in the South, Amy. Um, he has been a very vocal proponent of this on Twitter, online. Uh, Josh Powell, the president of the South Carolina Baptist Convention, also uh, was on TV earlier this week actually talking about that on CBN. Uh, talking about his church and how they are pushing toward using the Great Commission Baptist descriptor. So we're seeing this, and now we've got it for our annual meeting. And uh, I can't wait for June next year. And once again, 13 days, less than two weeks to be ready. Here we go. To get your housing. 3,000 rooms, roughly, available at Gaylord Opryland for Southern Baptists to stay in. That's a lot of Southern Baptist aim. It it is a lot, and there are also a number of hotels around that can also be used if uh, if people so desire. Yes. And so, when hotels open up, you'll have an option for the Gaylord. You have options for hotels nearby, all kinds of things. And the Gaylord is a Marriott property for those of you with the points questions. So, right. just throwing that out there. Yeah, your Bonvoy app, it, it'll show up in there. It should be at least. But you need to book through the housing for the SBC because they're going to be the only way you can get those rooms because right because they're blocked have them it's, all. Al- it's almost yeah. the whole hotel is blocked yes. off so all that's but like that's 80 rooms or something yeah. like that it's crazy yeah i just imagine being one of those 80 people who don't know what you're walking into right when you get to the gaylord that's right it'd just be, be like different. what what is going on so yes well we are great commission baptist come and join us that's right. There we go. Well, hey, one more thing before we move on to the next story, Amy. We do want to kind of address some misinformation that's been out there this week, too. Yes. Related to this. Yes. So this came out on Monday. There was a Washington Post story on Tuesday. And things kind of got spiraling out of control after that on a right. bunch of websites saying, making these crazy claims. I saw one thing that said that the nomination elders had come together and voted to remove Southern from the convention yeah. name. And I'm like... That can't what even happen. What was that? And right. when did that happen? And how did that happen? Because yes. that's not even possible. Yes. So for all the people who have left those voicemails that I've been talking to this week, and some of them have been delightful, by the way, Linda in West Tennessee, she was delightful, Amy. Yes. We we have not changed the name. There's been no formal action on that. Yeah, the there was no formal action. So this is, is reverting back to the action that was taken in 2012 was that the Executive Committee of the Southern Baptist Convention recommends, this is what they brought and then the messengers voted on to the Southern Baptist Convention that those churches, entities, and organizations in friendly cooperation with the Southern Baptist Convention, which may desire to utilize a descriptor other than the term Southern Baptists to indicate their relationship with each other and their involvement in the Southern Baptist Convention and its ministries, consider using the descriptor Great Commission Baptists, a phrase commended as one fully in keeping with our Southern Baptist Convention identity. So that's the action, and it was eight years ago. And so you just have some churches that are saying, hey, it says those who are in friendly cooperation who may desire to utilize a descriptor, we think we desire to do that. So yeah, that's, the, that's the helpful clarification, and you can see the story in our show notes. 
Yes. All right. So that moves us on to the ERLC where they had a trustee meeting this week. Some news from that included staff members and good friends of the pod, Elizabeth Graham and Brent Leatherwood, being promoted to vice presidents. Elizabeth will serve as the vice president of operations, and Brent will serve as vice president of external affairs. So congratulations to those good friends of the pod and another good friend of the pod. In the next paragraph, Amy, it mentions Julie Masson, who I think we talked about last week with her she shed. Uh, has been yes. named the Director of External Engagement. So congrats to Julie, Brent, and Elizabeth on their promotions. Also, congratulations to Ben Mitchell for his nomination to receive ERLC's Religious Liberty Award. Now, Mitchell recently retired as the Graves Chair of Moral Philosophy at the Union University over in Jackson, Tennessee, is no stranger to Southern Baptist. He's been a leading evangelical bioethicist for more than a quarter of a century, used to work at the ERLC and just retired recently, like we mentioned, from Union University. So congratulations to him. Also, John Powell was recommended for the ERLC's Distinguished Service Award. Uh, Many of you remember the story that we had of Powell, who he and a friend had reportedly stopped on a Texas highway to help people from a car that had been involved in an accident when he was struck and killed by an 18-wheeler. We had that story, just a tragic story about him being killed on the road there uh, trying to help people in an accident. And uh, he has been awarded the ERLC's Distinguished Service Award, a very fitting award for John. And also they passed a $3.98 million operating budget for the budget year coming up this next year in 2020, 2021, uh, which is just a few percent, about 8% down from this year's budget, uh, basically in line with what we're seeing from other CP funded agencies because of the, uh, the slight drop in cooperative program. Yes. So that full update, that was a a lot that happened there. And uh, of course we congratulate. I'm excited. Elizabeth Graham and Brent Leatherwood, good friends, like you said, of the pod, Elizabeth and I have known each other for, I don't even know how many years, a very, very long time. And so uh, that's really exciting news for them. But the story will be in the show notes so you can get all the details. Southern Baptists are still on the disaster relief trail, Amy, both in Florida and Louisiana, and, and actually, I guess, Alabama too. Uh, because of Hurricane Sally that just came through. They were still in Louisiana and East Texas because of Hurricane Laura that had come through just a few weeks ago. And they're also out in California and Oregon because of the wildfires. So we got a lot of Southern Baptist stuff going on out there on the disaster relief side of things, sin relief, disaster relief, all out there taking care of those needs, especially from Hurricane Sally that kind of unleashed a ton of flooding on the Florida Gulf Coast and Alabama Gulf Coast and Pensacola, Mobile, Gulf Shores, that area. 30A. It was uh, 30 underwater this week, Amy. There you go. So, yeah. Well, yellow shirts, yellow shirts everywhere. Yes, they are. So be in prayer for them. Again, help out your local and state disaster relief efforts if you can, if any donations can help them. They're serving 20,000 meals a day in Lake Charles, Amy. I saw a post today from Greg Bath over at Trinity Baptist in Lake Charles where they're still just, my, my friends, uh, we actually have friends that are staying with us this week that came in. They just got power back at their house this week in Lake Charles, so they're able to go back. They've been gone for, I think, a little over three and a half weeks now. Um, but their house, thankfully, was able to survive and with just some slight roof damage, no major water damage, no structural damage. So they've got a new roof already put on it. And... They are headed back this weekend, so uh, pretty amazing. But there's still 
a lot of people without power, without water down in Southwest Louisiana. So do be in prayer for them. Help out any way you can. You can check out, I think two weeks ago, we had the, uh, the information in the show. That'd be episode 286. Has some links if you want to help out in that. Over to Georgia, Amy, where a 20-year audit study has shown some uh, financial adjustments that need to be made in Georgia, including the sale of Tacoa Camp and Conference Center. Yes, there really was a lot of information in this story, and it came after a study of annual audits over the last 20 years, from 1999 to 2019. They reported a 31% decrease in revenue that included a $1.21 million drop in CP giving to that to the state during all of this. Also, during that time, they decreased their unrestricted investments held at the Georgia Baptist Foundation by 96%. Um, so David Melber, who used to be at uh, NAM, he's their new chief operating officer. And so he basically said, it's like renovating a home. That there's a place we want the home to get into, but there's going to be an in-between time. And so they've got some plans for that in-between time, limited cash and liquid assets, no longer covering financial losses for related parties, things like that. Um, and then they will get where they need to to go. Well, yeah. So be in prayer for our friends down in Georgia. We'll keep an eye on that story to see if there's any more uh, changes. But we did mention that the Tacoa Conference Center has been placed up for sale the index reported that this week. There's a link to that full story as well. I know a lot of Georgia Baptists have fond memories of that. That's just something that we're starting to see across uh, the SBC. We saw it with Florida, with Ridgecrest, with uh, the camp out in California, as well as now in Georgia. So COVID-19 been really, really tough on a lot of these conference centers because you don't have those gatherings in the camps for the summer that really keep them afloat. Staying in Georgia, Amy, Big news at First Baptist Atlanta last Sunday. Yes, so this was big. I was surprised to hear this on Sunday. Well, surprised in one sense. Right. Not I mean, I think another, everybody right? kind of knew that it would come at some point, yeah. but just that it was because the plan so had been quick. in place. Right. Right. Yes. So there was a video announcement at the end of the online service at First Baptist Atlanta, and Charles Stanley, longtime pastor, well known, former SBC president from the mid '80s announced his transition to pastor emeritus. So he said, this is, this is it, effective now. Um, he says he isn't retiring. He's going to focus his energies on in-touch ministries, which he founded in 1977. So he's going to continue to preach the gospel. But he will no longer be the senior pastor of First Baptist Atlanta, and that role, and and that role will be filled by Anthony George, who has been the associate pastor since 2012. So, congratulations to Anthony George, one of the predecessors of the one and only Keith Whitfield at Waverly Baptist back in the day. That is correct, uh, Anthony yeah. George he, uh, and Keith. He opened for Keith. He was an opening act. Some something like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anthony George was the pastor of Waverly Baptist Church in Waverly, Virginia in the late 90s and right around 2000. I, I'm, I can't remember which year he went to uh, Aloma in Florida. And then Keith Whitfield was the pastor there from 2005 to 2010. So Anthony George and I have both like he lived in the parsonage and then we lived in the parsonage years ago. So we both have had the same house at one time. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's, I wonder, so you mentioned the parsonages. Can you think of, imagine now, like some of the people that have lived in parsonages of, you know, 
people that might be well known now or, you know, down the road or something. It's like, well, you know, we had the same bedroom as, you know, X or whatever. That's kind of, kind of neat, kind of neat. You know, we sat at the same kitchen table as right, so-and-so. Right, as this or, person, you know, yeah. I, I that, think, that's kind of cool. I think when Anthony was there, at some point there was a, there's a side room that I think was used as like an office because there was an office in the church, but I guess an office to have there at the house. And mm-hmm. uh, it- Study. Yeah, study. And it was, it was the playroom at our house. And it was really funny because it was it was at the door where people would, it was the closest door for people to come to, kind of a side door that faced the parking lot. And so I think they were really used to coming to that because it had been the study. And to see the look on their faces when they would like walk to the door and there were just toys all over the place, you they you always got the sense that they were like, oh, I'll come back later. Um, <laughs> and they started. Well, yeah. In the same room that Anthony George prepared his sermons, Mary Whitfield ate Cheerios off the carpet. Yes, very much so. So anyway, but it is, we we have a lot of similar uh, friends and people that meant a lot, have meant a lot to us in our life. Same, you know, they they had that same relationship with Anthony George. And so he had a a significant effect on that community. And we we saw that. Um, So I'm sure that he has had the same effect on First Baptist Atlanta and will continue to do that. All right. Congratulations to Anthony George, as well as Dr. Charles Stanley on that transition. Some final transitions here out at Gateway, a couple of vice presidential transitions. Uh, they're planned transitions out there. This, they're searching for a new academic vice president, as well as a new business services leader. So the academic vice president, Michael Martin, will become the vice president for educational effectiveness. So they're looking for the replacement over in that academic side, as well as Tom Hickson. He's going to serve as the vice president for administrative effectiveness, and they're looking for a new business services leader to fill his role. Congratulations to those two gentlemen on their new roles out at Gateway Seminary in Ontario, California. And uh, if you know anybody who might be a good fit for those two roles that they're looking for, let them know that those two roles, the academic vice president, as well as the business services leader roles are open at Gateway. So that's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. This was the first story I opened up today. All right. Well, that's good. And it actually, you know, a lot of times I kind of bounce around. I look at different years and I Uh do it until I hit something. I opened this and I had to do it. Okay. So it was the September 17th issue of Baptist Press from 1959. And it was an invitation. Way back. It was an invitation to an open house of a new building at 1548 Poplar Avenue in Memphis for the new Brotherhood Commission building. And so it was going to be in October, but it was the invitation was going out this week. But I had to do this because it was the invitation was extended by their executive secretary, George W. Schroeder. And when I saw that, I think uh, we know his grandson. We do indeed. Yes. So so they had a, I know. So they, what they had is they had an addition. They had a two story addition to the national headquarters and it was more than 90,000 square feet. One thing that's interesting in this story to just tell you things that were a big deal back then, there's a, a line about how big the conference table was. A huge table, okay. 20, 24 feet long. Whoa, that is a big table. That's a big room. 
and six feet wide. Wow. So six, a lot of trees in that thing. Yeah. So 24 by six. Imagine how heavy table. that was. Yeah, that do- it says that dominates the conference room. I bet it did. There's also I bet so. Yeah, there's also a lounge that was there, and so they were inviting people to come on October 11th and see their new building. That the new addition was needed to keep pace with the growth of the commission. That it had more than quadrupled its membership in Southern Baptist churches in the last ten years, from 49 to 59. Um, it was one of the nation's largest layman's groups. I bet a million more in 54 had a lot to do with that, too. I bet so. The influx and of people into Southern Baptist churches yeah. on the lay side from, from yeah. uh, Sunday schools and everything. Yeah. yeah, and they were expecting another 15% increase that year. It said that current enrollment was more than 600,000. Wow. And it said, it said he attributed the rapid growth of the Brotherhood movement to new efforts by Southern Baptist men to shoulder their share of religious work. This is also after the Royal Ambassador Organization had been transferred from the WMU to the Brotherhood Commission in like 57. So I thought this was just really cool. Porter Routh was scheduled to be the main speaker for the event. We've spent the week working with George Schroeder as he focuses on Baptist Press. Well, George Schroeder was also in Baptist Press this week in SBC history in 1959. Very cool. That's really neat. Hey, you know what opened 18 years ago today? What? The addition at Lifeway that was like the plaza and the all that stuff. Yeah. It was like a $27 million addition at Lifeway that opened up yeah. 18 years That's ago. That's pretty crazy. 2002. Okay. Yeah. We're like the... And you know what's there now? Um, A big hole. A big hole. Yep. A big hole, y'all. Big. Big hole. It's like 80 feet deep, Amy. It's huge. Yes. So that it's right outside my window. <laughs> and they're still making that hole deeper every day. And I hear the booms and the, the jackhammers every day. Yes. Fun times. Fun times. All right. That's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is... Mine is a book that came out last year, but I did not know anything about it until I saw people talking about it last week. And it's called The Only Plane in the Sky, and it's an oral history of 9-11. I bet that's so cool. Yeah. I bet that's a fantastic read. Yeah. And so I just got it. And it really is done, I think. Like an oral history, it's quotes and statements from people. It's and it's every perspective you could imagine. It's from the news media as they were processing it. I think it's from individuals. There's a incredible like just description of what it was like for the astronauts on the International Space Station because oh, wow. they they could actually see things from where they were. They could what? see the smoke. They could. Whoa! They could they could see the smoke, and then they zoomed in with a video camera, and so they actually saw the tower coming down and and things like that. So talking oh, that's about, insane. I know. So talking about their experience of being so far away and what they how they were taking it in and how they were uh, in touch with sort of the folks on the ground. So anyway. I haven't gotten really a chance to dive in yet, but I got it, had it sent straight to my Kindle and really saw several people talking about it last week and just saying what an experience it had been to read it. It came out last year, like right before September September 11th, 11th, I think. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I I decided to include that that. for mine. 
Yeah. All right. Well, very cool. All right. My resource of the week is a webcast that we had this week. We had a virtual rally online this week talking about SBC 2021, the annual meeting. They'll be here in Nashville next year. So that video is online. I highly recommend you go check it out because it laid out a lot of information because next year in Nashville is going to be a lot different because of the SEND conference and the sending ceremony that are happening before the annual meeting. So we had a pastor's conference before the annual meeting, and then we have the sending ceremony there You know, during the annual meeting, during that time. Things are going to be a little bit different in Nashville next year, so you do want to go make sure you check out the video, find out all the information. Paul Chitwood, Kevin Ezell, Rusty Summerall all joined Dr. Floyd for some Q&A, talked about crossover, talked about the SEND conference, talked about the sending celebration, as well as we had videos from Randy Davis and J.D. Greer. So a lot of information on housing. Remember, October 1st, 8 a.m. Central. That's October 1st, 8 a.m. Central, sbcannualmeeting.net. You can find out more information about the housing, but go and watch the video from earlier this week and check that out. And uh, it really, really a neat video shows a lot about Opryland, uh, just the different things that we're going to be doing. So I'm pumped. I'm excited, man. I, we're, we're like nine months out and I'm chomping at the bit for this annual meeting. So I, I cannot wait, Amy. Very cool. Yes, I love it. And it's kind of neat having it close to the office there. And of course, always fun to have it close to what is home for me. So yeah, site visits are quite easy these days. I guess so. Just throwing it out there. I Next guess year, so. not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Anaheim, not just down the street. Right. But right but now we're going to just think about the one we're gonna that We're going to focus is, on Nashville. Focus yeah. Because even for me, even right for me, when, when we're doing some of the big site visits in a few weeks, I'm going to just, I'm going to fly in for the day because it's such an easy Southwest you know, from, from Raleigh to Nashville and just zip in in the not morning. Anaheim. And, no, not Anaheim. We'll have one site visit as far as our team, I would guess. Yeah. And won't be trekking back and forth out there. That's right. Let's just put it that way, which yeah. we can do now for this one. I mean, every time we have something, I can bounce out there. Or even if I don't have to go out there for a site visit, I could just go walk around the place and think through things. Right. Because it's just right down the street. Right. So very helpful. Yep. Yeah. But should be fun. Looking really, really, really looking forward to it next year. So we hope you will join us. We hope, uh, I think this may be the year, Amy, that we, we break 10,000. I'm planning on it. 10,000, yes. this is it. We were going to do it this year. I know we were. Yes, easily. Yes. But we didn't. Yep. So here but we are. we'll do it again. We'll do it in 2021. So, all right, that's going to do it for our news this week. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.